Welcome to the Devonshire Diz, a Devonshire take on all things Disney. Today, Lauren and I flash back to Feb once more as we cover our visits over at DHS, Disney's Hollywood Studios. Let's get into it. Hi guys, welcome back to the Devonshire Diz podcast. Today we're going to be covering our fourth park of our Flashback to Feb series and we're heading to Hollywood, or as I like to call it, good old MGM. One of your favourites. When I was growing up, it's the one that I really relate to in memories as a child. But these days, I think Animal Kingdom, Magic Kingdom and certainly Epcot probably moved it down the pecking order. I'm not into big thrills, so it's never been top of my list for the fact that two of the biggest thrills were in this park. Although, Fantasmic is one of my favourite shows. I think it was one of those parks that we thought we were probably going to spend the least amount of time in, even though there were two areas of the park which we'd never explored before and are pretty huge on our list in Star Wars and Toy Story. But there was something about it that I just thought we're probably not going to spend as much time there as we would do for, say, Animal Kingdom, Magic. Probably Epcot, I thought we'd spend a little little bit less time or maybe on par with with MGM or Hollywood Studios. But I think the wait times that we'd seen on the lead-up to it kind of put us off a bit, didn't it? With a toddler in tow. Yeah, but we were pleasantly surprised. It's still a great day out for the whole family from toddler upwards. There's still plenty to do. And we'll get into it in this episode. Sounds good. Okay, we seem to have just naturally covered the icons of each park previous in our Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom and Epcot episodes. Disney's Hollywood Studios, when it comes to an icon, has been all over the place over the years. Like when I was growing up, the silhouette you would find on all the merchandise was the Earful Tower. That's not there anymore. Then we had... Chinese theatre, which is obviously is still there. It migrated into the enormous sorcerer's hat. That was there the first year I went. Yeah, so in 2013, 2015, you would have seen that sorcerer's 2018, hat. 2018, it had gone, hadn't it? 2018, they started constructing Mickey and Minnie's, didn't they? Yeah, it had gone in 2018, I think, when we went. So they had that as, you know, the, the focal point for Hollywood Studios for a spell. And now, in our most recent trip... It seems like the merchandise is swaying towards Tower of Terror mm. as the icon for Hollywood Studios. I don't really know what I would see as the, the sort of iconic landmark for Hollywood Studios. I'm not sure if Tower of Terror is mine as well. It probably would swing back to the Chinese theatre. I think mine would probably be Chinese theatre or the little Mickey on the globe as you walk in. I'm glad you mentioned that. The crossroads of the world when you first walk in where you get your maps and there's obviously this merchandise you can buy and then you've got Mickey right on top of the tower. Another reason to always look up. Do you think that would be a pretty good one for an icon for Hollywood Studios? It almost takes over from the Eiffel Tower in my opinion. It's the first thing you see when you walk in. It is the first thing you see when you walk in. You don't find any merchandise with the crossroads of the world Mickey on. I've never seen like a t-shirt or any sort of merchandise you can buy where you can have Mickey on a globe but it seems like that would be a good fit for like the icon of the park. Yeah. Tower and Terror is the big thrill one isn't it effectively and it's the one that you can see from like 
Animal Kingdom and the hotels. That's probably why they're trying to make that the icon. Because all the other icons you can see from the hotels, can't you? Yeah, and I suppose when you're thinking of an icon, you think of something which you can have a photo pass picture within the background. Mm. You can necessarily have a picture in front of Crossroads. I don't think they have a photo pass on Crossroads, no. Because Mickey's facing the wrong way. But this is it again. When you're looking at photo pass, walking up Hollywood Boulevard, having a picture in front of the Chinese theatre, that seems to be a fairly common there's, snap. There's like four of them, isn't there, at the, at the main walk? Yeah, so it does seem strange that Tower of Terror is the icon. Might be a good question to pose to any listeners out there. What would you choose as your Hollywood Studios icon? Another area which could potentially be seen as the icon, again, thinking back to the MGM days, was the walkway into Animation Courtyard, where the Disney Junior area is. Mm -hmm. Like That gateway used to be a place where you would always get snaps in front of, and that obviously had the sign of MGM, and now it has the sign for, for Hollywood Studios. Maybe There's still a photo pass passing there. Yeah, there is still a photo pass passing there, so maybe that would be someone's preference when it comes to the icon. Would look a little bit less appealing on merchandise just seeing like a an upside down U on Hollywood Studios. I suppose the design of Hollywood Tower Hotel is a little bit more appealing for merch. But then the whole thing of Hollywood Studios was that it was meant to be like a bat lot, wasn't it? Yeah. That's why it was meant to be the studio. Yeah. Little reference to Disneyland Paris when you walk through it, but it's meant to look like a bat lot, isn't it? Yeah. See if you think about Disneyland Paris and we've got Disneyland Paris on our mind because we've had a recent trip to Disneyland Paris and we'll get into that in future episodes to come but the entrance to Walt Disney Studios in Disneyland Paris the area the gateway into that is a is an iconic area it's got the Eiffel Tower in the background it's got the studio you're walking through gateways into a studio theme it's no different to that that archway that you walk through to get to Animation Courtyard yeah it's similar to that it's similar to that I suppose if I had to pick a preference, I would still go with the Chinese theatre for a bit of nostalgia and the fact that it is straight ahead of you when you first enter the park. But yeah, just thought it was an interesting question to maybe pose to anyone listening. What would be your icon of choice when it comes to Hollywood Studios? Anyway, enough rambling about places to take pictures and what we're going to see on t-shirts to come. Disney's Hollywood Studios. So... Once again, we are flashback into February 2022. There were a few COVID restrictions and that affected a lot of the attractions and shows that you are finding in Hollywood Studios. Very pleased to see a lot of that has come back and it's back to normality when it comes to that park. There's still entertainment on the ground, which is slightly lacking, but it certainly seems to be more of a normal space now in comparison to what it was back when we went. Mm. So Feb 22 and the big draw for Disney's Hollywood Studios, certainly personally, was the first time we were able to step into Galaxy's Edge. A lot of excitement, especially for myself, but for all of us to get into Galaxy's Edge and explore Batuu. What were your first thoughts when you finally stepped through? Because we initially, when we went in 2018, do you remember we took a picture in what was the gateway near the Muppets. It was just a massive picture on the wall, wasn't it, of what Galaxy's Edge was supposed to look like. And there was a photo pass person there, yeah, there in was. 2018, taking a, your picture into like a, just basically a mural of Millennium Falcon, wasn't it? Mm. 
So now we were able to step into Batu. What was your initial thoughts? Ridiculously immersive. It was way more immersive than I thought it was ever going to be. And not even just from a ride point of view, but from how they'd landscaped it. All the signs were written in Arabesh. That's all right, yeah. Been listening. And like all the sound effects and everything. I just I couldn't get over how immersive it was. We walked around for hours, didn't we? But we didn't actually do a ride the first time we went through there, from what I remember, because we literally walked around the whole time. Yeah, it was just a matter of exploring. I think Penny was napping the first time yeah, we went through there. And that gave us the opportunity to really take in everything we could see, the sights, the sounds. It was funny, like, you hear the different spaceships going above your head and it is obviously just audio, but your in instincts take you to looking up and looking around, like, where's that TIE fighter coming from? You generally have to, like, look, double take, don't you, to check that it's not actually behind you. Pandora in Animal Kingdom is incredibly immersive and what they've been able to do in that land is incredible and Galaxy's Edge is just, if not more immersive. I'd say it's more immersive. I really like the fact that cast members in Galaxy's Edge were in character as well, just to immerse you even more. Yeah, it was like they were off planet, wasn't it? They were greeting you as if you were a visitor to Batu and to the Black Spire outpost, purchasing drinks from carts that were controlled by droids. That was my main, like, the first interaction really with the cast members, wasn't it? When I was like, wow, this is like... This is literally like you've gone to a different world. Yeah, it's a step above of just having a uniform, isn't it? Yeah. What were your thoughts? So as a Star Wars super fan, <laughs> it was everything that I anticipated to be and more. I thought it was incredible. Just looking at all the tiny little details and the, the marketplace area itself. I could have walked around the marketplace purely for an hour, mm. just taking all the little stores... What I really liked about the stores in the marketplace as well is like the merchandise. You can buy your Galaxy's Edge t-shirt and yeah. your generic Star Wars merchandise and, and all of that stuff. But they also had different crafts and very particular sort of merchandise of what you would find if you were to be stepping into a marketplace within this planet that they've created. It was It was so immersive. I can't rave about it more than I have and obviously over the the past 18 months that we've been home speaking to friends who are also Star Wars fans and yeah I, I could have that conversation over and over again I thought it was incredible and that's without talking about you know Rise and all the other elements in there that you can experience. We didn't even get into the droid depot which I'm gutted about but apparently that's ridiculously immersive. The build drone lightsaber is apparently incredible even just for a walk around the stuff that is free was mental yeah definitely stuff for the future when it comes to building a droid and and lightsabers when we went and fed there was limited availability due to social distancing so they had taken some of the stations out and that got booked up really quickly and the fact of the the cost was pretty expensive if you wanted to take all of these in we said we weren't going to do it last time didn't we because of the penny's age it wasn't really worth it for the immersion it wouldn't be fully felt because obviously she doesn't know anything about Star Wars, so it would have been for you, dear, more than Penny. It definitely would have been for me. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to build a droid, but I wasn't spending $80 on a droid just for me. Yeah, and Penny's starting to now in 
May 2023, get into Star Wars, The Young Jedi Adventures. That's just started on Disney+. Plus. Definitely a recommendation for toddlers who are trying to get into Star Wars. She's absolutely hooked on that at the minute, um, much to my delight. So, yeah, hopefully next time we get out there, she will be fully versed in the galaxy far, far away. And, and then we'll justify paying the Disney dollars for a lightsaber or a droid build. Justify paying. You'd pay it anyway. I would pay it anyway. If I could go <laughs> back tomorrow, I probably would do it. So thinking of things that we did experience within Galaxy Z, apart from just walking around with our jaw dropped, Rise of the Resistance obviously is the big pool. We had to book a lightning lane. Mm-hmm for Rise of Resistance, our first lightning lane that we had experienced in Walt Disney World. There was an element of stress. I, I will say that to start with. That was because of the 7 o'clock wake up as well. The 6.45 alarm to get your mobile ready and the app open and refreshing in the last 30 seconds to make sure you're raring to go. That was took a little bit of shine off at 7am in the morning, but the fact that we were able to get it and we got it fairly early. I think it was about 11 o'clock in yeah, the morning. Yeah, we didn't have long to wait for it, from what I remember. For our boarding group. So, you know, it is it is what it is at the minute. Am I a fan of Lightning Lane? I could pro- we could probably do a podcast episode on what we thought of Lightning Lane and Genie as a whole. I'm sure it's evolved during the time frame of when we went and what it is now. Although we didn't particularly use it much, so we're not well-versed on it, to be brutally honest. No, we literally used the lightning lane for rise yeah and we used the genie plus in hollywood studios which we'll touch upon on the same day on the same day i think if like if we were to go back we probably would have watched a few more vlogs or just not done it in the same day we didn't get our money's worth from doing it in the same day really yeah i think now that we've had a little bit more experience and we understand the concept of it a little bit more probably would have planned ahead and and that's the takeaway for Lightning Lanes and Genie Pluses for anyone who's going, especially if your first time is going, just make sure you're doing your homework on the offerings of Lightning Lane, what rides they are, making sure the ones that you really want to go on are ones that you focus on. And don't leave it to your last day in that park, because that's what we did, and that's why we had to do it on both on the same day. Yeah. Booking it aside, we got it. 11am booking. Grandparents looked after Penny while we headed over into rise of the resistance kevin good friend of mine in brit's guide to disney vacation club please check that out if you're considering dvc or if you are a uk dvc member go and check that podcast out but kevin has mentioned before that he feels that rise cannot be compared to other rides because it is just not a ride it's an experience and i I fully agree there Mm -hmm. there is Nothing like it, is there? No, it's incredible. The ride itself starts as soon as you walk into the queue. Like the pre-show, the hologram of Ray, BB-8 rolling out, and then the the journey into getting captured and then going on the ride itself. It's just all of that sets the tone of what this ride's going to be. Your queue isn't a queue. Your queue is part of the experience, effectively. So when they say the queue is an hour, the queue isn't an hour because half an hour of that is probably you're already in it. Yeah, and I think that would be true for obviously someone who is quite passionate about the fandom. I think if you were someone who was fairly new to Star Wars, you would you would feel the same. It's yeah. not just a just a queue where you're looking at your watch and hoping you get there as quickly as possible. I think once you're in that queue, you are 
you're in the storyline. It's incredible. It was amazing. We got really lucky that we had Wacky Wavy Kylo Ren, didn't we? Yeah, the so animatronic. We, yeah. we got lucky with that one. But I don't think even if you have elements of that ride that are different or down, it makes any difference. You wouldn't know any different. No, definitely not. Especially if you're experiencing it for the first time. How did you feel about the escape hatch drop? You were a little bit apprehensive of that beforehand. I thought it was worse in real life. <laughs> <laughs> Only because you don't realise how high up you go until you get into the bit with the 8080s and then you go up in that lift and then you realise quite how high up you are. For someone that doesn't like heights, that wasn't the greatest part. But it didn't put me off the ride. I'd go on it again because of it. It's like It's just quite high. It is a high drop. Yeah, it's like... Three, four floors. Yeah. Something to think about for children. But obviously. it's quick. Like, it's a lot quicker than Tara Tara. I yeah. don't personally like Tara Tara, so for me, this was head and shoulders above Tara Tara. And I think there's more to take your mind off it in this, because obviously you're in the storyline, you're, you're escaping the ship, and you're in space, so... Yes, you're dropping, but there's there's more going on around you to take your mind off the fact that you've you've got a bit of a drop there. It's a minor part of the ride. Yeah, definitely. That if you're if you're looking at this and you're you're doing a bit of planning and you read the drops and you've got a party member who's apprehensive about drop rides, then it's a close your eyes for a few seconds and then it's done and dusted. I I would one hundred percent recommend going on the ride and experiencing everything else that's going on. Yeah, don't let it put you off. Even if it's just the once you do it because you don't like drops that much, just make sure you do it once because it's well worth it. Would you be comfortable paying a lightning lane for it next time you went to guarantee that you would go on that ride? Yes. Even by going on it a second time so you've already done it? Yes. Still pay the money? Yes, rather than queue for that amount of time that the queues are still there for. Because even at this point, in, we're now in May 23 and the queues never seem to get below an hour and a half. Would you say it's a, for people who don't want to spend the money and, and fair enough, you know, it's expensive to get out there in the first place without spending additional. And that's, again, another topic for another podcast. Would you recommend spending 90 minutes in a queue for that ride, if that was your only option? If you're a Star Wars fan, yes. Not if you're not a Star Wars fan. And if you're not a Star Wars fan, do it a rope drop or the end of the day. Don't queue in the day. Yeah, I've heard that. You wouldn't um, enjoy it. You would not enjoy the ride if you'd queued for that long and you're not a Star Wars fan. In my opinion. I've heard that there are much shorter wait times towards the end of the day these days. Mm. But now Phantasm is back, isn't it? Very true. So that cuts queues. Yeah, good old people eaters. Unfortunately, we didn't have many people eaters like Phantasmic and some other shows, so naturally the attractions were were pretty lengthy for standby queues okay another place that we managed to experience in galaxy's edge was we went into ogre's cantina what was your thoughts there ogre's cantina was amazing as far as immersion again the design element of it was fab expensive for drinks mm -hmm. and i mean it's a bar isn't it we're going we're on a holiday with a toddler there's only so much the toddler's going to enjoy. They did really well at trying to entertain children in there as well as adults and the fact that they gave colouring. Yeah. And there were obviously 
drink offerings for for children. The only reason I went in there was to see DJ Rex. Yes. And he wasn't working the day we went. He wasn't DJing. Which meant the whole experience was flawed because they did none of the immersion with the whole like rebooting Rex or anything. Yeah, it was a shame that the animatronic wasn't working for whatever reason it was. I think it's a little bit more consistent these days. I was not happy about that. And the fact that, you know, our table where we were placed was right in front of Rex as well, which was a shame. I think definitely somewhere I would go back to in the fact that I wanted to experience DJ Rex and the whole scene inside Ogre's Cantina. I just want to see DJ Rex throwing his shapes. Definitely. That's all I yeah. want. And, and two tap waters, please. It's a, it's a money shot and I want it. <laughs> <laughs> They're very nice drinks. And, you know, the naming and the drinks themselves, really good. There's a lot on offer depending on the type of spirits and different sort of cocktails that you may enjoy. There's lots to There's choose a... from. There's also mocktails. Penny for those... had a Java juice from what I remember. I can't remember the names of the ones that we had. One of them was a fuzzy tonton. I remember that. <laughs> that was a fuzzy. They got some great names. They got some great names, and the drink that I had, I remember the cast member coming over and saying that was one of the stronger drinks. I can't remember. I think it might have been jet juice. Yeah, I think it was jet juice. And it was it was tasty, but it, it was it was about fifteen dollars for a tiny little cup. Yeah, it. yeah. Free, free drinks came to over. It was about thirty five dollars, from what I remember. Yeah. Plus the tax. Yeah. So it's an expensive, expensive round, that's for sure. When Rex wasn't working. But, you know. I mean, the, the main man wasn't even doing his stuff. But you're paying for a fiend, brand new bar in the middle of Galaxy's Edge. So you, you're going to pay a premium. Definitely one I would go back to. But yeah, next time we go back to a recommendation, take your wallet. Uh, make sure Rex is playing. Make sure Rex is playing. Just poke your head in. Poke your head and say, is Rex on today? No? Okay, cool. I'll come back another day. <laughs> if you're looking for more affordable, but still immersive drinks, we saw these before we went and we had to pick them up. Heading to the cart outside within Galaxy's Edge with the droid that's operating them, we picked up the Thermal Detonator Coke mm. and Sprites. Sucker for a souvenir. I would, I would say it's a cheap way of getting a souvenir, but actually it's probably the most expensive Coke and Sprite you're ever going to pay. For the least amount of Coke and Sprite you've ever bought as well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not a large drink. It's not a large You're going to go thirsty afterwards. But, I mean, who doesn't want a Coca-Cola bowl and a Sprite bowl in the shape of a thermal detonator? Definitely. Also, they had the Gold Squadron Lager, which was less themed. It was just a pint of lager, but they <laughs> called it Gold Squadron. It was just a beer. Um, and again, that was quite pricey. I think it was $12. Yeah. But I mean, it's Gold Squadron Lag and it was a gold IPA. I mean, you had to you yeah. had to taste it. You had to say you bought one, didn't we? And it was nice. It was nice. So there are more, I don't know if reasonable is the word, but there are more affordable beverages options around Galaxy's Edge as well as Ogre's Cantina. But again, it, it doesn't take away from the immersion and the amount that I enjoyed myself in that land. I thought it was epic. Okay, moving outside of the galaxy and heading back into the park. One of the areas that was being constructed back in 2018 was the Toy Story Land. And this was our first steps into that land. It was. What did you think? 
previously when we went, Midway Mania had a new entrance in it in 2018 because they were building Toy Story Land. So we had like a back entrance way into Midway Mania, if you remember. That's right, yeah, yeah. And Up this... where the Pixar place is yeah. now, that was essentially the Toy Story Mania That was entrance. the entrance to it, wasn't it, before, back in 2018? Yeah. Whereas this time, obviously, you have to walk into Toy Story Land to get to it. But we went in through Toy Story Land through Star Wars Land, didn't we? Yeah, we walked through Galaxy's Edge around the back, and then we came back into Toy Story Land, so you're coming in the Alien Swelling Saucers entrance. And then the second time we went there, we went through what would be Pixar Place and, and down that way. Mm. What did you think of it as a land? Again, there's a there's a lot of immersion when you walk in there. You do start feeling like a toy, given everything that's humongous around you, like big baby bells and fairy lights above you. I really liked it. It's a cool land, isn't it? If you're a Toy Story fan, you, you're gonna you're gonna lose it in there. It does make you feel like you're miniature, doesn't it, compared to the toys, which is pretty epic. I mean, we're big Toy Story fans in this house, so it was always going to be a winner, wasn't it? But the cues for the character, like, I say the characters, the standalone Woody that you meet as you walk through Pixar Place was like crackers, wasn't there, for pictures. Oh, yeah, the big 12-foot Woody. The 12-foot Woody that talks to you when you walk past. Yeah. Right by Slinky Dog. I never understood that. There's a massive cue to have a picture of it in front of it, but it's a 12-foot Woody. You could stand to the side and you could still get a picture. Yeah. That was a bit lame, but I thought the theme was really good. Yeah, it's, a, it's cool, a very happy land. It's a cool addition. Yeah, it's a bit like when you're walking into Galaxy's Edge, you feel off world, and it's it's like you're in this little town on a different planet. But in Toy Story Land, you feel like you've just jumped straight into mm. the film. It's it's really great. Yeah, it was good. I really enjoyed it. And Toy Story Land was another reason why we opted for Genie Plus, and the reason we opted for Genie Plus for the day was to ensure that we could get onto Slinky Dog's roller coaster. Slinky Dog was horrendous weights for the whole holiday, wasn't it? The queue for Slink was probably similar to Rise of the Resistance and Flight of Passage. I don't think we ever saw Slinky drop below two hours when we went. No, and it's not like it was a new ride at that point, but I suppose that was the one everyone went to for roller coasters in, in Hollywood Studios. Again, though, it was worth Genie Plus. Definitely worth Genie Plus to ensure that we walked into the park and that was the first one we went on, where and there was a hour and a half wait when we got there and that was really early. And not having to queue was a bonus. Especially with a toddler. Yeah, because we bought Genie Plus and we managed to get it for literally bang on like half nine, didn't we? Yeah. It yeah. was really early from what I remember. It was our first ride that day, wasn't it? Yeah. Which was great because... It was also something that we wanted Penny to experience as her first roller coaster um, and not having the time to stand there and get apprehensive about it in a queue. It worked really well. She was so excited to jump on a slinky dog. She didn't have time to really notice that it could have been a little bit scary, etc. for a toddler, but she absolutely loved it when she got on it. She didn't have time to think about or see what was what the roller coaster was about, was it? Because we didn't show her any YouTubes or anything before we went, so she didn't know anything about it. No. And I didn't have time to plan it myself either about it, because I'm not a huge roller coaster fan. That's right. You did very well too, dear. Thanks. I'm not sure the strangers that next to me thought the same, but <laughs> when I screamed in his ear. There was a lot of screaming, but luckily it was all screaming for excitement. It's a great roller coaster. It was a really good roller coaster. It was a hell of a lot faster than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, the vlogs make it seem like it's not overly fast. But it is, it's, it's quite a long, fairly high, 
roller coaster. I probably wouldn't. It's not as the intensity of say rock and roller coaster. No, and it's more not of as a Thunder in, Mountain. Would you say? And it's not as intense as Tower of Terror, in my opinion. No, but it does make your belly go three times. Oh, there's definitely an element of thrill to it. Mm. Just not at that level of not scary. It's not scary ride. thrilling. No, it's like fun thrill. It's enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah, definitely one I would go back to. Probably one I would pay the Genie Plus for yeah. as well, just to ensure that A, you ride it, and B, you get on it pretty quickly. Yeah, so not have to queue as a bonus. Yeah. And she loved it. She still says now, doesn't she, that she'd go on it again. Oh, we've watched that ride copious amounts of times on YouTube since we've been back. Which is a huge score, really, that she's saying she wants to go back on it. Because there's a few other rides that she would hands down not go on ever again. Definitely. And that's definitely not one of them. No. I'm glad she enjoyed it as her first coaster. She might be a coaster thrill seeker like you. I hope so. You have a little buddy for <laughs> once. Okay, off Slinky, the other ride that we went on next door was the Alien Swelling Saucers. And that had an element of thrill to it as well. That was a lot faster than I thought it was going to be as well. That may be advertised as like a kiddie ride or like a sort of teacups, but it's it's more intense than that. Yeah, we went on as a three, and I think that was a good thing, because otherwise you would have to keep hold of your kid from going side to side otherwise. I mean, we were like safety barriers for her in the middle. Yeah, we effectively sandwiched <laughs> her, so she didn't like budge, didn't we? But she loved it. She loved it. It was a great ride, to be fair. The soundtrack, when you're going round it, yeah. is really cool. Yeah. It was a good one, and I like that one. Bit short and sweet, could do with it being a little bit longer. Especially if you're queuing up quite a long time for it. I don't think our queue was overly long. I think it was like 20 minutes. Yeah, I think it was about 20 minutes. Although saying that, you wouldn't want the ride much longer if you had motion sickness. Very true. The the speed and the velocity that's spinning, I suppose, you wouldn't want it to go on for too long. Yeah, no. But no, a great ride. Good. We liked that one, didn't we? A that great was a third favourite in our house. And another 12-foot Toy Story character when you get to the entrance in Buzz as well. Yeah. <laughs> so get your pictures out the entrance. Toy Story Land was also a place where we went to eat. Oh, yeah. And probably one of your it's top one of my five places for food that we experienced in WDW, wasn't it? Can you call it a meal? It's probably not a meal. It's probably a snack. It's pretty great, though. Tochos. Tochos, my favourite. Yeah, definitely recommend the Tochos. Who doesn't love chilli with potato barrels? Like, it's just epic. The one thing I would say about Woody's Lunchbox, and I'm sure I've seen plenty of people saying this as well, great place to eat. Trying to find a table. Yeah, the table situation is pretty poor. Yeah, a little bit difficult. It, obviously, when we went in 2022, it was the only area to eat within Toy Story Land. Yeah. They've now got the barbecue open. Yeah. Which, obviously, is going to take a load of people there. Definitely a place I would like to go there. For those, again, who are Toy Story fans and planning to go to Walt Disney World, get on YouTube, have a look at the copious amounts of vlogs for the barbecue area that's just opened up there. It looks great. Backyard barbecue. That's right. But Woody's Lunchbox is a great place to stop for a quick service. You just need to try and find a spot to eat. We bought tachos, grilled cheese and soup. Yep. I think that was it. And I think we shared all of it between us, didn't we? Definitely shareable between three. It was a kid's meal, wasn't it? The grilled cheese and the soup. Yep. That was a kid's meal and then the tachos was adults and together that, that fed us for the... Yeah, it fed all three of us for lunchtime. Yeah, for lunch. It was really good. I was really impressed by it. For a quick service, it was good. Tochos is probably my favourite quick service thing we got. Oh. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to have Tochos again. <laughs> <laughs> We're heading back. 
We're paying the money to get back to the tot shows. I'm going just for tot shows. <laughs> Don't judge me. Other places in Toy Story Land, obviously you've got Toy Story Mania, as we touched upon. We didn't get to do that in Feb again. Queues were crazy. However, definitely a ride that Penny's going to love next time we go there. We didn't think it was a must on ours, did we? Seeing as she was having a bit of a meltdown over 3D. So it almost just wasn't worth pushing the boundary with doing a 3D woolly ride. As much as we know she'd love it, it just wasn't... Anyone that's got kids knows sometimes it's just not worth the fight. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that was one of those. Yeah, I think, like, being that little bit older now... She would love it. Yeah, she would love it. Mm -hmm. Thinking about Disneyland Paris, obviously we went on the Buzz Lightyear laser blast, Mm -hmm. and she was fine on that. Yeah, she loved it. Obviously, that isn't 3D, but the fact that she's interacting with a gun, shooting over the aliens, I think if you translate that into Toy Story Mania and playing carnival games and, and trying to get points, I think she'd love it. I think now she, knows, she realises she can take her 3D glasses off, which makes a difference. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, one for the future for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, Toy Story Land done. The first time we went to Hollywood Studios, we initially went over to the Animation Courtyard. Mm-hmm. And that was for the Disney Junior Dance Party. We did. What did you think of the Disney Junior Dance Party? Penny loved it. Yeah, she really did, didn't she? Yeah. Now, when we went in Feb 22, they actually had COVID measures where you had to wear a mask indoors. So the people within the dance party all had to be masked up, all had to be, I would say, social distance, but that didn't really happen when we got in there. It was mainly just making sure that people in there were wearing masks. That didn't take away any element of fun for Penny. She really enjoyed herself in there. She copied all their moves, didn't she? She sang to all their songs. She was dancing around. She was loving life. We We tried to go back again, didn't we? But we just ran out of time. Yeah, yeah, definitely something that I would have repeated with her, for sure. Mm. At the time, she was really into the Disney Junior Nursery Rhymes, which is available on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. For anyone who have Disney toddlers who enjoy animation, 2D animation, Disney Junior Nursery Rhymes on Disney+, Plus is definitely a recommendation. And there you get to see Fancy Nancy, Vampirina, mm-hmm. obviously Timon, she knows from The Lion King, Mickey... She- she was in a huge Vampirina moment, wasn't she, when we went? Yeah, so that was a big highlight. And then you've got Mickey in his roadster outfit as well. So she could relate to all of that because that's what she was watching on Disney Plus at the time, mm. given the age. Definitely worth it. I thought it was really cute. It was like a 20, 25-minute show. Yeah, it was good. And um, it's also a good way to get out of the heat if it's hot. Yeah, definitely. Because it was really well air-conditioned in there. Yeah. It was good. It was a good little 25-minute show. Considering there wasn't many shows on at that time when we went, it was good. No, at the point at that point we would have taken any show that we could, mm. really just to give yourself a little bit of respite. And yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. Animation courtyard as a as an area, I have a lot of nostalgia and memories from the MGM days, and I don't want to try and compare it to the historic time of MGM, but that area is going to need a revamp soon. You've got the Voyage of Little Mermaid show that hasn't come back still. Art of Animation was a great attraction to go in, speak to a cast member, an animator, go and see the little show, which essentially is what you see in One Man's Dream now. So that hasn't actually gone away. Is that the one with Mushu? With Mushu, yeah, where they were drawing Mushu. Yeah. Now it's a area where you can meet and greet Star Wars characters called Star Wars Launchpad. 
But when we went in Feb 22, they didn't have any of those meet and greets within Launchpad because it was indoors. Mm -hmm. So essentially it was just the rest station. Yeah, they still had it set up as a demasking station, didn't they? Which was stupid because you didn't have to wear masks outside at the point we went. So it was, it was a wasted space, effectively. So that whole animation courtyard was essentially just Disney Junior Dance Party. Did they even have the character meet and greets at that point? Yeah, they had outdoor meet and greets for... But they, they didn't have the times, did they? It was just random, wasn't yeah. it? We missed it when we went. But all of that space, there was there was nothing there. They, they have a merchandise shop there as well, and that was shut. I don't know if that's come back. But they really need to figure out what they're going to do with that area. You've got... Galaxy's Edge and Toy Story Land, that's shiny new. You've got Mickey and Minnie's, which is new in the Chinese theatre. I think that area's got to be the next area in Hollywood Studios where they really put some new imagination into that, that's such, that place. That's such a big waste of space, isn't that? Considering the last time we went, when they had all those meet and greets with the Star Wars characters, like they had four different meet and greets, didn't they, for the Star Wars characters when we went in 2018? It was sort of like the, the character spot of Epcot in Hollywood Studios, wasn't it? That whole area, you've got Star Wars, you had the Disney Junior area, and then obviously you had a show with Little Mermaid, but it's it's lacking on that side of MGM at the minute. And yeah, I never saw the Little Mermaid show. See, the Voyage and Little Mermaid show was great as well. And again, theatre-based, so out of the out of the sun for those who are, aren't coping with the heat. It was a great show. I don't really know why that hasn't come back yet. Hopefully we get to see it next time, because Penny will love it, and I think you enjoy it too. Yeah, it might be wishful thinking. Yeah, though. I think that's very wishful thinking. I don't think it's coming back. We shall see. We will. Okay, heading down Sunset Boulevard, Tower of Terror, Rock and Roller Coaster, two big thrill rides. Both of them are definitely two attractions that I love. You withstand Rock and Roller Coaster, not a fan of Tower of Terror. Not a fan of Tower of Terror. So we didn't go on either of them. In Feb 22, mainly because we had a toddler with us and the queues were pretty chaotic when we got there. The three times we went to Hollywood Studios, you tried to do single rider and even single rider on Tower Tower was over an hour, wasn't it? Yeah, it was It was too hectic for me to take that time away within our park day when we were trying to get bits and pieces done for Penny. And I don't think we went one day and Rock and Roller Coaster was down, wasn't it? Yeah. And the other two days, their single riders were really, really busy from what I remember too. Yeah. And it's rides that we've been on before. Yeah. So I didn't feel I was missing out. They'll hopefully be there next time we go. And it was an easy excuse for me to get out of them. Yeah, you lucked out there. Mm -hmm. The last time you took me on Rock and Roller Coaster, it, if you remember rightly, in Florida in 2018, it broke down. And we had to wait in a queue while it was broken down for half an hour, looking at it broken down. And since then, I've been scarred for life. <laughs> yeah, but you still went on it. I did. And, and it was still great. It was still great. Tara Jarrett is just a no-go for me. It's not enjoyable, in my opinion. But that's just me. Yeah, you've tried it twice. And it's just it's just one of those rides that's not going to be for you, is it? It's never going to be my ride. It's definitely one of my rides. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take it away. I appreciate the Guardians of the Galaxy over in Disneyland and the potential of Guardians of the Galaxy coming to Disneyland Paris given the new Avengers campus. But given we're in Hollywood Studios, given we're on Sunset Boulevard, let's keep the Hollywood Tower Hotel. Has it changed in Paris yet? No, and they haven't actually mentioned anything, but then 
when you consider it's right next door to Avengers Campus. And now that they're building the area for Frozen, it's just the whole Hollywood area of the studios is being engulfed with different elements around it. I, I don't think it will last. I don't see how they can change the Florida one to Guardians of the Galaxy because it doesn't fit. It just doesn't fit in that area, does it? But what we did get to enjoy in Sunset Boulevard, which I honestly hadn't thought of beforehand, didn't really plan to go, was Lightning McQueen's Racing Academy. Yeah, because we'd never been before. No, I didn't even realise there was an area around there where Rock and Roller Coaster is. I don't ever remember it being a thing in the previous years we've been, but I think that's probably just from us never even looking for it. And this is something we've mentioned before on previous podcasts, that going into a Walt Disney World holiday through the eyes of a toddler Mm. opens you up for completely different experiences. And it was certainly targeted for children. There's nothing thrill-seeking about it. But it's a great little sit-down, especially if you're a Cars fan. You've got to to check it out. It was a good little show for 10 minutes. The Lion and McQueen animatronic was amazing. It was incredible. That's like underhyped massively. Because I thought that animatronic was really good. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just a quick show. Again, air-conditioned, takes you out of the park, out of the heat. And yeah, definitely definitely worth doing if you're a Cars fan. I agree. It was good. And the more iconic element of Sunset Boulevard that we were able to see, and it had just come back when we got there, was a stage show for Beauty and the Beast. That's a staple if you go to Hollywood Studios, in my eyes. It's always a winner. If you've got kids or not, it's always a winner, in my opinion. There were elements of it which were... Distanced formatted to be socially distanced given the time frame like the dance they didn't actually dance together yeah and there was a lot less people on stage but if you hadn't seen it and you knew no different it would make no difference no it's still great Mm -hmm. and i would i would definitely recommend going to see that if you're a beauty and the beast fan even if you aren't a beauty and beast fan and you're just a you're just like a stage show stage show fan you you got to check it out it's great yeah i'd agree it was a good one always makes me cry the one thing that wasn't open on Sunset Boulevard was our favourite, Fantasmic. It is my favourite. Would you say it's your favourite nighttime show in Walt Disney World? Mm, I can't confirm or deny at this point. <laughs> it's I love definitely it, up though. there. I do love it. It is a shame that it wasn't there because Penny would have loved it, but it is something which will be high on the list the next time when we go, now that it's returned. There's just nothing not to like about it in my opinion i love everything about phantasmic it gives me the feels and also next time that we go it's going to be slightly different now that we've added moana and frozen so it'll be a slightly different show Mm. very much looking forward to getting back into phantasmic yeah me too i missed that this time definitely Mm -hmm. it's probably the only show i actually really missed yeah we got quite lucky with the amount of shows that we did, considering the time that we went, mm. and there were a lot that, that weren't on, unfortunately, but the, the big ones that we really wanted to hit, like Festival of the Lion King, we, we did quite well. Yeah. And Beauty and the Beast and Festival of the Lion King are two iconic theatre shows that you, you definitely need to make time out of your Disney day to go and see. Yeah, I'd agree. Okay, another new attraction that we experienced for the first time was being built when we headed there in 2018 was the newest attraction for the Chinese theatre, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. What did you think about that? I loved it. Yeah, it was really good, wasn't it? 
I loved it, but I did also love The Great Movie Ride. But I'm glad that this was very different. I've seen and heard in various other podcasts and vlogs, and I agree with it. It's a great new attraction that we wish was put somewhere else so we could keep the previous attraction. Because Great Movie Ride was iconic. incredible. It was iconic. The Mickey and Minnie's run Runaway Railway was a great overlay to that building. Mm -hmm. The animatronics, the show, screens that you have there. The screens are amazing. So clever. Like, how they changed some of those screens is just incredible. That last screen, where you're in, like, the bit where they have to flip the switch from to off, and it all change, like unfolds and changes. Yeah. I still in my mind can't work out how they do it. The other thing that blows my mind... How the hell do they get that screen at the beginning to blow up as if the like the train's blown up? Oh, I still can't in. work it out in my mind how they actually get the screen to do that. Yeah, there's a couple of cue elements that I guess it's the same sort of technology, like the rise of resistance when you're walking in, they use like a, I don't know, like they're burning a, a hole in your prison yeah. cell to get into the ride and Mickey and Minnie's is... Like you say, blowing up the side of the theatre so then you can go on to the to the train. I don't know how they do it. I can't get my head around how that works. Hats off to Imagineering. The only thing we found with Mickey and Minnie's is we didn't pick a good time to go because the queue was long. It was very long. And we also picked the wrong time of day to go because Penny was knackered, which meant she was on the cusp. Yeah, definitely. So for her... It was a lot more intense than it probably would have been if we'd done it at nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah. That's the only thing I would say about it with kids is that, again, pick your battles. And if you <laughs> you think they're on the edge of a meltdown, don't push it with that ride because it's not going to be the one. She nearly threw an absolute wobbly in the tornado bit, didn't she? Yeah, it's quite high sensory, mm. isn't it? And I think if you're... If you're heading there with a, a young one who's already had a day worth of sensory and is probably primed for a nap or head back to the resort, Mickey we, and Minnie's probably isn't the ride to head to. We were like pre-tea time, weren't we? Yeah. Which in hindsight was not a good idea when the queue time jumped rapidly when we were in the queue. Yeah. She said she still enjoyed it, but you could tell there were a few moments. I think our next time we'll do it first thing in the morning and... Hit it early so that she's not overwhelmed. Yeah, definitely. But she still enjoyed m most of the elements. Yeah. Just our timing probably wasn't perfect for that one. Another thing that I thought was great about that ride was the fact that you've got like the overall story of Mickey and Minnie, but you've also got side stories. Like you can follow Pluto for all of the scenes and it's a completely different story. Mm. Or you can try and pick out Donald in all of the different scenes and he's doing something different. There's so much to see. It's definitely a very... Again, it's very immersive. It's hugely immersive. Yeah, it's definitely a repeated attraction. For yeah, because sure. you'd see something different every time you went on it, I believe. Yeah. I just do miss the Great Movie Ride. Which scene was your favourite from the Great Movie Ride? Oh. I like the alien scene. The alien scene used to terrify me <laughs> as a child. Especially the one that comes from above. That was, yeah, that was freaky. I think the indie element, I love indie. And then the, the twist yeah. for the indie element as well. I thought that was really, really good. God rest itself. 
Let's find a way of getting the great movie ride back into that park. I think you're onto a losing battle there, dear. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Yeah. Okay, staying in the vicinity. Ooh. Big word. Another attraction we used Genie Plus for was the Frozen sing-along celebration. It was, but it was a little wasted by the time we got there because we actually got there 10 minutes to go, didn't we? And we just walked straight in. Yeah, we could have just walked in. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we should have just walked in. It was more of a, oh, this is available. Let's click on it. Yeah. Again, we need to do some more homework when it comes to Genie Plus, for sure. <laughs> we were not well-versed in Genie Plus on this one. But we did get to go into Frozen sing-along. and We did have good seats, to be fair. i got to admit, previous trips as Disney adults... Never done it. Didn't see any sort of appeal to go on Frozen sing-along. But you throw into the mix a toddler princess who was obsessed with Frozen. It became a mandatory attraction that we needed to go in Disney Hollywood Studios. Actually, there was a lot of adult humour as well from the commentators. It was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. It was. There was a lot of hidden humour in there, which every adult can appreciate in a Disney trip. The two characters that sort of narrated the show, mm. they were hilarious. They were really good. Really, really good. I, I would go to see it just for that experience, as well as the, obviously, singing Let It Go and all the other jazz. And all the snow bubbles. Snowballs as well. Yeah, Penny loved that. Mm -hmm. Definitely one for any Frozen fan or any toddler. Mm -hmm. It's got to be one that you go to in Hollywood Studios, I think. Yep, I'd agree. Another show that we experienced around the lake, Indy. Mm -hmm. I love me some Indy. I know it hasn't changed since the 90s, but I love it. I am still yet to see a full Indy show. Yeah, you've seen all of it, but in different sections over different spaces of time. Yep, never the three scenes together. Now, this time we saw pretty much a full run-through, but the elements of it were... COVID-restricted. Re ...reduced because of COVID. So you didn't get to see, you know, like the thriving marketplace scene. It was more of a it's more of a Sunday before 10am market scene, wasn't it? Yeah. Wasn't too many people jumping about and trying to chase Indy, but um, you saw a lot of the, the stunts that were done. It'll be fifth time lucky. This time, we're going to see the full show... A full shebang, you're gonna get your you're gonna get one hundred percent indie, you're gonna love it. Everything blows up and there's a lot of people. That's it. Exactly the the full experience. It's a win win. Fingers crossed. We can live in hope. <laughs> Another attraction that I personally went around that area was Star Tours. I stepped out on this one and had Penny had a nap break. Yeah. So while Penny was napping I did a quick jump into Star Tours. And again, it's just another iconic Hollywood Studios ride. Penny wasn't big enough, was she? So there was no way the three of us could go on it. No, and luckily the queue for Star Tours was actually one of the better queues in Hollywood Studios. I think your single ride was only 10 minutes, wasn't it? Yeah, it didn't take me too long to get on there. Mm. And it was a great ride. We went to Crate. Loved it. I like that scene. Yeah. I'd like to go back and see some of the newer scenes. Apparently they're adding a load of... There's a load of Rise of Skywalker ones in there, isn't there? There's Rise, Rise of Skywalker, and I think they're about to add some Mandalorian oh, scenes. So that's going to be pretty cool next time we go. Yeah, because should be big enough to go on it next time, too. Yeah, again, any Star Wars fan who's going there for the first time, Galaxy's Edge is incredible, but make time for Star Tours. Dipping back round to Toy Story Land, and we touched upon it earlier, Pixar Place was not being utilised when we went. There's, there wasn't anything there. No. So we went, 
pre-COVID, it was the Incredibles meet and greet. Yeah, I think now they've just brought back... The Incredibles meet and greet. And... There's some other random character. What's she called? Edna Mode. And Edna Mode. <laughs> so the Incredibles used to be in the Art of Animation, in the Animation Courtyard. That's where you used to be able to get pictures with them alongside Sorcerer Mickey. But now they've obviously stepped out to Pixar Place, as you would. But as we said, at the time, they didn't have any of those meet and greets going on. It was a quiet spot, wasn't it? Away from the hustle and bustle of Galaxy's Edge and Toy Story Land and the amount of people that was in that park, we felt like we had Pixar Place to ourselves. Yeah, it was dead quiet. It was lush. She just essentially just ran up and down that area. And didn't we pick up a... Well, they didn't call it a cookie num-num, do they? Which a... I always want to call it because that's what it is in Incredible Stuff. A num-num cookie. It's a num-num cookie. A num-num cookie. Which, by the way, if it's warm, is just the best chocolate chip cookie you've ever had in your life. It was num-nums? Mm-hmm. It was literally num-nums. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely up there as far as snacks are concerned in Walt Disney World. And what was this movie we bought? Because I wanted to say it was a margarita, but it wasn't a margarita. I'm sure it was just like a frozen like coconut smoothie thing. Oh, like a pina colada without... Yeah, it was a pina colada without the run. Oh. You don't remember that? I don't remember that. All I remember is the cookie, and that was amazing. Pineapple coconut slushy, which also was incredible. And... We had a fairly humid day, didn't we? So it was the, like, the perfect thing to cool us all down. Yeah, definitely. And Penny, being the kid that doesn't like chocolate, basically annihilated the slushy. Did we go and get another one? No. Scrap that. <laughs> I thought we did. No, yeah. we didn't get two. We're pretty sure we sat there for half an hour and basically ate our cookie and drank our slushy. Oh, we spent a decent amount of time there, just sat down. We took this a good place to go for just pictures. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like backdrops, so if you're looking for your Instagram walls and stuff like that, there's a few options back there. And we let Penny run out uh, crazies, didn't we? Oh, she just kept running up and down that place. We've got some great photos, actually. We'll share them on our Instagram. Mm. It was really good. It was a good place to just sit and chill and let her run around and get her energy out. And sometimes you just need that in theme parks. As we mentioned in the Epcot episode, there was the kiddies play area. And they used to have a play area in MGM. They used to have a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids play area, which I don't think was around when, when you went. No. But they, they're sort of lacking that in studios at the minute. Whether that's maybe something that the animation courtyard can turn into. Who knows? There you go. Uncle Bob, give me a call. Disney, if you're listening. Yeah, imagine is. I'm available. <laughs> I'll send the blueprints. <laughs> wow. Tangent. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, one other element of entertainment that was around back in Feb 22, and I hear, unfortunately, isn't there anymore, is Cavalcade. Apparently the Cavalcade just stopped happening in Hollywood Studios. I don't know if that's because of parades coming back. We saw three, didn't we? I think it was three, yeah. We saw the Pixar characters. We saw, like, Mickey and the Fab. And I saw Toy Story when you were on Star Tours. That's right, yeah. They weren't included in the pic- the same one we saw when we walked in that day, are they? No, the Pixar characters was like the Incredibles were walking about. Yeah, on their like hoverboards. Yeah, so essentially mm. the cavalcades were like elements of the former Stars of Motor Cars parade. Like he had Buzz Lightyear in his in his Buzz themed Chevy. 
the cars were all together from what I remember, and then the Incredibles had one, but they weren't in a car. They were on their little segways. Segways. Yeah, incredible segways. But wasn't it just them? Yeah, I think it was. And Frozen. And then it was like Toy Story had one. Yeah. Yeah. And then Mickey had one. And then like Mick and Donald and Chippendale. Yeah. And essentially they were just walking down Hollywood Boulevard and then off towards Backlog Express, weren't they? So essentially it was the parade route. Yeah. But I've heard they've they've stopped doing it now. I'm not sure yeah. why. Maybe they bring back the parade. Maybe they'll bring back the parade. I loved that parade. The 2018 parade was yeah, great, wasn't it? Was it was so good. Yeah. Theme song stuck in our head. You're not going to get me to sing it. <laughs> yeah, bring back parades to uh, to Hollywood Studios for sure. And I think that takes us on to general thoughts of Hollywood Studios. It was great. We enjoyed it. Definitely spent the least amount of time there. But it's, it's certainly a park for the future for us. Like you think of Fantasmic returning. Fingers crossed the Voyage of the Little Mermaid comes back. A few more shows and boots on the ground entertainment that you get down sunset a few more character meet and greets penny will be a little bit older to withstand tower of terror with me while you're carrying the bags and rise of the resistance rise of the resistance was always something we would go back to so i think and we didn't get to do the millennium falcon smugglers run no so we've got an extra additional element we need to do in in batu we've got basically an element every part of that park that we need to do next time yeah, it's certainly a park which is it's going through transition. And I'm excited to see what's next for that park and how much we spend time and enjoy it with a toddler who's a little bit older. Well, we try to portion out the time we spend in each park evenly, don't we? So we try and do at least three days in each park. Yeah. And then whatever we have left over is usually a water park day, isn't it? Yeah. So we try and do three days in each park, but this time we didn't do full three days. No, I think we did, we did like... We did two, two half days, I believe. Yeah, I it was like one full and two half days. Mm. And I think, honestly, for the age of Penny at the time, it pro- worked. probably enough. Yeah, it worked well. Probably enough. I think we'd spend some more time next time around. Yeah, I agree. Okay, before we wrap up Disney's Hollywood Studios... It was also the home to our first experience with the Skyliner. We took the Skyliner one lunchtime over to Art of Animation to jump into their quick service restaurant, which, by the way, was awesome. Yeah, we picked the wrong day to do the Skyliner. It was a day which was a little bit overcast, a little bit windy. A little bit windy. <laughs> and with someone who's not a fan of heights. Yeah, it wasn't great for me. You weren't a big fan of it, were you? No, there? I wasn't a huge fan. We we picked the wrong day for my first ever Skyliner experience. Penny thought it was fab. She had hands up in the Skyliner itself. I think she just thought it was like an attraction in itself. As as part of an addition to Disney transportation, it makes absolute sense. It is awesome. It's so efficient. It is really quick. But if you're it's prone not- to to being scared of heights you might want to close your eyes if you're going to jump on it yeah it's not for those with height issues that's for sure some beautiful pictures to take out there as well if you haven't got your eyes closed there's there's some great shots of of Walt Disney World and and the surrounding property so yeah get your cameras ready if you can apparently we did pick the highest route as well yeah it did get quite high because apparently 
that studios to our animation is like the highest rate clearly wasn't great for me either <laughs> but then i don't know if the height is worse over going over water so i'm not yeah, sure which route go over water i'm yeah. not sure which route is is better for me yeah yeah I, I think it's i think it's a great addition to Walt disney world in general i think it's for those connecting resorts such as art of animation which obviously has a lot of people heading to it it's going to be something which is incredibly efficient especially leaving say like a nighttime show like phantasmic and not having to wait for a bus i've been at that bus stop going to art of animation pop before in the past and it does take a while so that's going to save you a lot of time if you if you're not squeamish of heights then definitely recommend skyliner i think if we try it next time let's just pick a nicer day to go on it where it's not wobbling side to side in the wind calm skies yes please calm skies would jump on it yes please and another shout out for Art of Animation and where we went for lunch. In their restaurant, they had the Walsh Chili as part of the 50th celebration. Mm. Thinking of 50th celebration things we sampled, that Walsh Chili in a bread bowl was one of the best things I ate out there. It was incredible. So shout out to Walt. I agree. That chili's fab. I don't think we bought any other 50th things in studios. Yeah, as far as the Lauren's merchandise spot for Hollywood Studios, I don't actually think we bought anything in there. We didn't buy too much in studios, from what I recall. There were a couple of Galaxy's Edge merchandise, like pins, that we picked up. But, yeah, I don't think there was too much. I don't think we bought any 50th snack selections or anything. I'm not even sure we bought any merch in the main drag shops. No, I don't think we did. I think we did, and those shops are pretty pretty good, to be fair. Yeah, I think we did. We've certainly splashed some Disney dollar down Hollywood Boulevard in previous trips, mm. but not this time. No. What's wrong with us? <laughs> like changed people. I'm sure it will revert back to normality on the next trip. All the Phantasmic merchandise that we've got to pick up now. It'll probably be Phantasmic for me. <laughs> if you were to say one thing that you are most looking forward to in a return trip to Hollywood Studios in the future, would you say Phantasmic's probably it? Phantasmic is it. Got to admit it's up there as well for me. But yeah, Phantasmic 100%. I was really gutted that it wasn't on this time. And I'm really looking forward to Penny seeing it as well because I think she will love it. Yeah, it's definitely a crowd pleaser, isn't it? Mm. Given the amount of characters you see on the final Steamboat Willie scene, she's going to love it. She's going to lose it. I'm going to be a hot mess. Yeah, you probably will be. She'll just be a screaming mess because she'll just think it's great. And I'll capture all the footage to show every listener of the hot mess and screaming. But it will be good fun. Are you even a Disney mum if you don't cry at Fantasmic? <laughs> just like saying. mandatory. I'm just saying. <laughs> Fantasmic, hopefully we're coming for you soon. Okay, guys, thank you once again for joining us today. If you like this episode, please rate and review wherever you're tuning in and share amongst your friends as it really helps our little podcast grow. Be sure to check out previous episodes that we've recorded and if you're on Instagram, you can find us over at Devonshire underscore Diz. If you're interested in sharing your love for all things Disney, feel free to get in contact with us there. We look forward to saying hey. But for now, thank you once more for joining us and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye bye. Ciao for now. <laughs> Adios. 
Actually, it doesn't have a wrap cut. <laughs>